You are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Coffee with Kim. I invite you to journey with me to a new day. I believe God has led you to this moment and this place because He is about to bring purpose and potential to your story. So join thousands of women and men from around the globe who have discovered how powerful their stories become once Christ touches them with His purpose. Don't you long to make this same discovery? Then grab your coffee, scoot in, and join me as we let God's Word reveal how every part of your past has been preparing you for this very moment. Imagine picking up a newspaper and discovering the man who assaulted you 17 years earlier, Jeffrey Epstein, was front page world news. Well, that's what's happened to today's guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a very special and sensitive coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, delighted and honored to be your host. Imagine having so much hurt tucked away in your heart, and then, without any notice or warning, having your life played out on every network, every station on TV, and around the hour nonstop. Now, of course... No one knew it was your story, but you, as a Jeffrey Epstein, uh, was as he was being arrested on multiple counts of sexual abuse, all your flashbacks, the painful emotions, the memories that you had squelched came flooding back. Well, this is the scenario of today's brave and so courageous anonymous guest. But that's not the end of her story. <laughs> no, no, no. She had something else happen something that had eluded her for so long. So today, sit with us, grab your coffee. Let's talk about the hurt, the healing, and the hope that's soon to be discovered. It is with such delight um, and such respect that I bring on to you today with great admiration. I welcome our anonymous guest to our program. Welcome, friend, and thank you so much for joining me today. Good morning, Kim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored for this opportunity to share my story. Thank you. Well, absolutely. And and what a story you have and, and one of of hurt and, and healing and so much hope. And so uh, let me just ask you, you know, as we start out, I know that you haven't shared this a lot. How are you feeling? What As you, are you, as you come on air with me uh, this morning, how are you feeling? Yes, it has been um, quite a journey for me, um, and it is overwhelming. But I am I'm feeling hopeful, excited. I feel like the Lord is um, leading me. I feel like the Lord led me to you, Kim, and I'm just grateful um, this morning. So I'm feeling I'm I'm feeling pretty excited, <laughs> to be honest, to tell my story. That is so good to hear. You know, that shows a lot of work that God has done in your heart, my friend. And, and I Amen. am so excited about that. Absolutely. It shows the work that you've allowed him to do. And there's a secret in that. We'll talk about that later. But let me just ask you another question for the sake of those who are listening today. Um, I think it's important that they understand why you are coming on as an anonymous guest. Yes, I, I get that question quite often. Um I am anonymous because I have 
a family and out of respect for my husband and um, our family, they have they have uh, a life and business and friends and for their out of respect for them i i am honoring their wishes to to stay anonymous if it wasn't for my family i would probably be public <laughs> but i just want to honor my husband and my family's wishes at this moment i think that is so wonderful so and my greatest uh point in all this was to Share with our listeners, it's not because of shame, it's because you just, there's a respect there for your family. So there's nothing shameful about it. Um, That's what I wanted them to understand, right? Amen. Yes. Um, I really want to, it's not, the assault happened to me, but it didn't just happen to me. It, It, in a sense, happened to a lot of people that love me. So out of respect for them and their wishes, um, that is truly the reason why I am choosing to be anonymous at this point. And the future, you know, my husband and I have discussed that I, I will probably more than likely be public, but um, we do have, you know, a family and it, it's just mm-hmm. at this moment, that's the right option for us. <laughs> and I think that is so wise. I, you know, you know, there's, there's so much even for our listeners can take from that. It's, you know, sometimes your story takes developing. It takes stages. And to be able to know that wisdom, you know, step by step is very smart. So thank you, or very wise, I should say. So thank you. Thank you so much for just clearing that up. So, wow, sure. let me, let's just. Let's just dive into this. Let's go back to when you were in New York and a friend invited you to go somewhere with you. Kind of a backstory. Yes, Kim. So I was um, a professional model for years. I had worked in several different markets, and I finally got my big break in New York City. So I was living in New York. I was working as a model. Um, I loved it. I was very focused on my career um, and a friend of mine that I had met in Miami who was a Christian, I, I was told at the time, my, my Christian beliefs are very strong. And they were very strong and rooted in my, in, in, into me as a young child. Um, so this, this friend of mine um, told me she was heading to New York City to visit her boyfriend for the weekend. And I was so excited because I was in New York. I had no friends. I didn't really know anybody, and it was lonely. So when she said she was coming up, I was super excited. I wanted to meet up with her. She gave me um, her address of where she was going to be. So I packed a bag, and I went over to this apartment that she was staying at, and I had no idea um, that somebody – I had no idea what to expect except that my friend was in town. She said, let's go have dinner. Um, so we went to a very nice restaurant. And in New York, when you're a model and you're starting out, a nice restaurant sounds amazing because, you know, money can be tight. At the, you know, money's tight when you're, you're a new model. But anyway, um, we went to the restaurant and her boyfriend showed up. And sitting diagonally from me was Jeffrey Epstein, um, my friend um, who – was maybe a, a year older than me, always seemed to gravitate to older men. And I didn't try, I never judged her. I just thought that was kind of strange. But, you know, I just, I don't know. I just kind of let it go. But I thought it was weird, to be honest. 
um, anyway, he was a very, very nice person. He was super engaging. He would ask me about my modeling career. He asked me about my family. And when um, he asked me about my father, what he didn't know was that my dad had died. Um, he had passed away from a massive heart attack just a few years prior. And um, that was a very, very hard subject for me to even share with a stranger. Um, and he saw that. Um, he saw that I was vulnerable there. And um, he kept pushing and asking questions about my father, which, you know, it was it was uncomfortable for me, but I love my dad and I would talk about him, you know, talking about him would help me even cope with his death at, you know, at times. Um, anyway, dinner, dinner progressed. It was nice. It was a, it was a lovely, lovely time. And he went, um, Jeffrey Epstein went, or he left early, um, at lunch, I mean, excuse me, at dinner. And my friend and I went back to her apartment and we were just being girls silly girls, like doing facials and giggling, eating brownies, you know, I needed that girl time. I was so lonely. Um, and we had a, we had a nice night just laughing. And the next day she said, um, well, I have to leave, you know, because I'm going to be spending the day with my boyfriend. He's going to take me shopping. And I was super excited for her because shopping sounded amazing. Um, (laughs) and I went back to my apartment in Brooklyn and a few hours later, I received a phone call from her saying that Jeffrey really liked me and that he wanted to help me with my career. And I said, well, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm working. And, and, I, and for a model to work maybe two or three times a week starting in New York is very, very, very good. It's very promising. And I was making enough money to, to survive, you know, up there because it's expensive. It's expensive. So anyway, um, she um, persisted to tell me, no, he wants to hire you. You can work around his schedule or your schedule. He was paying $25 an hour as a personal assistant. And I thought, I really don't need this. And I just kept having this inner dialogue in my mind. But she was very persistent, very convincing that this would be a great opportunity. So I agreed to go for an interview for a personal assistant position um, with Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> little did I know. I spent the entire Saturday working on my resume. And if you can remember in the early 2000s, people didn't have computers or printers just readily available. So I had to spend resources and time, energy to go to Kinko's and to go get copies. And it was just a waste of time, you know, looking back. But and then, and then when I would get back to my apartment on Saturday, I'd piece together some sort of a business attire um, for my interview. And Sunday was the actual day where I went for the interview. But um, when I showed up at the mansion that you see all over the news, a butler left so me was, in. I was, so, that, so that's where you went, the place where we see on the news. Yes, ma'am. It was. It's hard to see that those, those, those pictures sometimes on the on TV still. Um, but I walked into his mansion. It was beautiful, ornate, um, marble everywhere. I walked 
the butler led me to the dining room table where I sat down and I just remember seeing fresh fruit and I thought, wow, that's beautiful. And I ate some and I put my resume on the table and I was waiting and waiting. It seemed like forever I was waiting. And finally Jeffrey shows up and he says, you can leave your resume and follow me. And I thought, this is strange. First of all, having an interview on Sunday and then why is he not interviewing me in the dining room? But I, I listened, I got up, I followed him. We were going upstairs. I thought he was leading me to an office, but little did I know it was not um, an interview at all. I was being set up by my so-called friend, and um, the, Lord, the Lord was with me, even in that um, house of horror, because when I was walking up the stairs, midway up the stairs, I heard the voice of the Lord, and he said to me, you are not in, you are in danger, and if you don't go through with it, you will end up, he will, you will not be alive after this. And so I walked up the stairs um, because I was so scared, and with a minute, with a flash, just a flash, I saw a vision of my mom frantically looking for me. Um, and I saw my picture and my name on a missing milk carton. It said missing underneath my name on a milk carton. And, um, yeah, I mean, he assaulted me. He, he assaulted me. So you go into the room. So you, you see, um, and listeners, we're going to go back and go through this again, but you began to see the grooming process that takes place. You answered a question of mine um, when you said your friend was in on this. So you do think that your friend had was helping uh, set this up? Oh, yes. Now, um, looking back, she was most definitely in on it. She had to have been get, given money for sending me. Speaking to my legal team, they um, – they're they're almost certain she was one of the recruiters. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So, that was uh, hard. Yeah, that that that's uh, heart shattering, uh, and that's a that's a radio show within itself about choosing friends. And you know the Bible the Bible talks about that a lot, doesn't it? But you know there again, it, it you were coming in town. Things had happened that probably had transpired that you weren't. We weren't even aware of. I mean, you people like you and I are just like really trusting. We most of the time we judge people based on who we are, and we know that we would never do anything like that. And so it's really that is hard exactly to right. It's it's hard to believe that anybody would be like that, isn't it? But there's so many. Yes, yes. And he was at dinner, like I said, very, very, very engaging, so nice, so kind. Mm-hmm. And then we had um, it, it was. It was night and day. He was a de- he is full of demonic beings. He is not um, who he is not a human. Not human. I was I was uh, in yeah. I was in danger. Well, yes, and and you know one of the things you you talked about. Um, and we're going to get back to your story, but one of the things I want to bring out is you said that you had known the Lord since a little girl. So uh, it makes me think of the scripture, First uh, John four four. Greater is He who is in me than He is in the world. And even though Epstein was uh, an evil force, 
in this world, you still had someone who was greater than you inside you and, and, and was bringing forth warnings. So you have become a Christian. You accepted Christ as a little girl? Yes. So I was raised in a um, family. We were upper middle class family. I grew up in a very nice area. We went to church every week. Oftentimes we were at church more than once a week, very active in the community and the church. Um, I've loved Jesus since my, my salvation story is very unusual, but I've, I've, tell people I've known Jesus since I was born. Um, I, he is my best friend, not perfect, but, you know, he has been with me through a lot, through everything. And I was kind of mad at him because he let me go through this. He, I was able, I mean, I went through this and I always asked him why I'm your daughter. Why did you let this man assault me? Why did you not give me warning signs? Because ever since I was little, my mom can tell you, I have been very discerning of people, discerning of situations. And this was like, this came out of left field. I never in a million years would have thought that I'd be telling the story. So I lean on the, the scripture, Jesus is the father the fatherless, um, when my father did pass away, my earthly father, um, a gentleman told me that, that scripture, and I cling to that scripture. And I'm saying, Jesus, you are my father, and I need you right now. Um, and he never left me. He was always there, even, even when I was in the grasp of the, uh, the grips of the devil. I was, he was there with me. And so I'm sure with some of those questions that you just asked, I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are listening that surely have not gone through what you've gone through, but gone through their own hurt, their own pain. They're being diagnosed with cancer. They've lost a child. You know, some horrific things have happened. And they're, they're feeling those same things. Have you gotten clarity? Or what, what would you say to someone who, you know, has been like you, loved Jesus, tried to serve Jesus, was a faithful servant, of Jesus's, you know, and yet, and yet bad things happen. What would you say to those people today since you have gone through it? That is such a great question. Um, so my advice to others that are going in similar situations or have been through, you know, hell, excuse me, my language, but just pray yeah. and fast. And, and I ask the Holy Spirit to step into those areas that hurt, um, and ask him to heal and remove the trauma first because it's hard to even move when you're filled with trauma or overwhelming, you know, senses of danger or powerlessness or fear. Um, the Holy Spirit can remove all of that. And, and my next advice would say to step out in faith and tell somebody that you can trust. Oftentimes um, when I have done that, I find out that the people that I tell, they are so compassionate and they love me. They say, you know, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm here for you. You need this, you know, I, they're my support team because there are moments where I do have, you know, flashbacks or, you know, darkness can try to come upon you at certain times when you're weak or tired or stressed. And um, it's in those moments where I rely on obviously the Lord and he is my rock and my stronghold. But it's the support, the support team that you can, um, that you have, that will help 
hold your hand and pray with you and just not leave your side during those tough moments. So that that's really what I did to help myself be able to stand again through this whole thing because I would never – I mean, it happened – seven. he was arrested 17 years after the assault happened, and I kept this – you know, my husband knew and um, my family knew, but no one really knew, to be honest. Right. I kept it. You know, and that even goes on, you know, um, Fran, that that goes on to tell you, to say that we don't even – and, and I say <clears throat> this so many times, excuse me, so many times is that we we really don't even understand the depth of hurt that, you know, is in people around us because of they're not, you know, feeling like they can share or not ready to share. But so so let's get back to your story. And thank you so much for that. You gave such incredible wisdom to our listeners just on that point of, you know, questioning God, which, oh, by the way, is okay. You know, we hear so many times people say, oh, don't ever question God. It's okay to question God, you know. Even Jesus questioned God as he was hanging on the cross. Jesus and God love our communication, even if it's a question. Don't you, wouldn't you agree, Carla? He, they want communication with us. They don't want us to feel like there's some things we can say and some things we can't say. They just want openness, uh, uh, vulnerability. Uh, they want that real Real conversation. Yes, so. I agree, Kim. I I really take the word. Um, I have so much respect for the Lord, so I don't want to ever come off that I am not being respectful to him. But I take his word for what it is. And my father and I were very close, my earthly father. And I would talk to my dad about all sorts of things. And um, so I know the Lord made me who I am, and he made me the things the way I think. And so... <laughs> I just right. Jesus, why? Why did you let this happen to me? You know, I was mad, and and he um, he let it happen. And I know it's to help others. He's going to use this to glorify Him. What I want. It's not about me. It's about glorifying Him, and it's about glorifying and helping helping others. I want to help others that are in similar situations. And what I'm finding out, my support team, even. A lot of them have these stories. You know, it might not be with Jeffrey Epstein, but they have these stories that they've kept. And um, yeah. I think that the shame and just the just the heaviness of it, it it can really, you know, keep people in bondage. So, you know, ultimately we need to be free, and the Lord is here to set us free. That's right, and and it's through our it's through the the truth of of our situations and the truth of Christ that sets us free. So many times people think, yes, the truth sets us free. That's the that's the promises of God. But we must come forward with our truth and be able to give that hand that over to God, so that in that that we can be free. So the two work together to really set us free. And boy, when we know that freedom, it's like what you were saying. The shame, the guilt, the regret, whatever whatever emotions that the enemy is trying to tie us down with are broken. The chains are released, and we are free to do something incredible with everything that's happened in our life. And that's what I really want our our, hear, our listeners to hear today is that no matter what you've been through, God is greater than. And so we're going to get to that, but let's go back, if you will. So you, you, you left us in the room, so you go into the room 
I don't know how much you want to talk about that, and I certainly wouldn't press you on that. But just tell us what you want to tell us uh, before exiting that room, and and then what happens, what changes yes, after. Yes. Yeah, so um, I was in the room, and it's what you hear on TV. There was a massage room a table, and I just remember. It was like I disconnected from myself, if if you will, in a way. I guess that's what happens when you're in trauma. And I just remember seeing a wall to ceiling, or ceiling to floor, excuse me, curtains. They were red, like a movie theater. And even to to this day, I I don't like seeing that kind of stuff on the walls. But um, there was a picture of a a girl, um, like a young teenage girl on the wall painting, um, and and it was disturbing. Um, and I'm not going to get into too many details because I, right. I there's no point. But he, the Lord did not let him um, rape me. He was not allowed to do that to me. Thank, thank you, Jesus. Um, but I was for sure assaulted. I tried to maneuver um, to keep as much stuff in between us because I knew just out of self-defense I was trying to protect myself and um the door there was one door there was no windows in there that I could see I knew that if I he could kill me he could have killed me and um there was only one person there the butler and I don't even if I screamed I don't think anyone would have heard me it looked like the walls were made out of like um I don't even know but thick walls like it, it just it was it was it was hell, and I mean, there's no other word to to dis- describe it. Um, after the abuse happened, the assault happened. He flippantly said, "You know, you can leave." And just again, it was just his 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 um, demonic. He, he was super demonic. Everything he did, there was no more engaging, nice person. It was all. Um, it was a it was a demon. I was in a room with a demon, and um, I grabbed all my stuff. I ran as fast as I could out of that mansion house, and um, as soon as I got outside, I took a left. I remember to this day. I took a left down the street, all the way to the end of the block. I took a right. I grabbed my phone. I called my sister, and she um, was crying. I was telling her the story. I was crying. And she says, come home, whatever you need to do, just get home now. And um, at that point, I, I, um, I was going to go home and, because I didn't want to be there anymore. And so I then called my friend, the one that sent me, and I gave her a piece of my mind. It wasn't my strongest Christian moment, but I was very, very upset. And um, she said, I told him you weren't that type of girl. And I said, what do you mean by that? I'm, what kind of girl are you? And I thought you were my friend and why would you ever, you know, send some me to this monster? And um, she apologized and offered to call him and um, she wanted to call him and get the story from him. And I thought that was strange, but um turns out that she called me back when I made it back to my apartment and Jeffrey wanted to know my address. He wanted to know where I lived in Brooklyn. He wanted to send me flowers and candy and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Do not give him your 
address because he will kill you. And um, because he knew he messed up. He messed up. I was very innocent. And he turns out, I found out from my legal team that this man loved innocent girls. And um, he saw that in me. And that's why he, and plus my father was gone, so he knew my dad wouldn't come after him. But um, my real heavenly father is going to go after him. And so he, you know, I'm sure he's not having fun where he is right now. But anyway, um, it was just, um, it was pretty, it was pretty crazy. The Holy Spirit was, you know, stuck up for me. Do not give him your address. I left New York nine days after the assault. I left behind um, 17 magazine spread. I was supposed to be in that magazine. Um, I walked away from all of it. I never modeled in New York again. He stole all that from me. And when I moved back home, I ended up selling my house because I remembered on the resume that I um, left at his house had my home address on it. So I went into kind of like a, I just went into survival mode. I went, I got, um, hmm, I just, I started to, to, to get scared. Fear started to creep in. I started, um, a very, I, I ended up getting into a very unhealthy relationship with a man I married and we divorced. He was abusive. So um, it's just my life took a turn. And um, it wasn't until I found myself divorced and not modeling, not doing my, my dreams anymore, not pursuing what, you know, was in my heart to do that I reached out to the Lord again. And lo and behold, my relationship with him, it it just, it got stronger. I mean, the Lord just has a way. I I repented of everything I did, and I just turned back to him, and he stepped right in. And we grew closer, and I learned to really rely on him. I started getting active in church again. um, And I was just reminded of his, Yep, yep. That's where I want to go. Um, okay. That's where I want to go. You have taken us to the depths of despair. And I feel like, um, friend, I feel like a lot of people have traveled there with you today. I feel like that you're, your soothing, calming uh, voice has helped others realize maybe some secrets that they have in their heart. I know the statistics of date rape. I know this many statistics of uh, women who are listening, but also men who have been involved in situations as well. And what you have done is you have so openly and candidly and very vulnerably, vulnerably shown us what it's like to be groomed. And you know what? You were groomed by someone on this earth who was definitely not, he was in this earth, but not of this, of this world for sure because he was an evil force. But what you've done is you've shown us the grooming process, and I want the listeners to know that the grooming process can happen. It doesn't have to be like you said so so perfectly. It doesn't have to be a Jeffrey Epstein. It could be, you know, the boy on the football team, or it could be the girl, you know, that whomever. It does. It could be anybody that is grooming, anybody that's working for evil. And so what I want to do is I want to give everyone an opportunity. Just take a breath and think about where you are, listeners. What is the pain? What is the hurt? 
what is the secret that resides in your heart that is tying you down, that is speaking to you, that's holding you back, that's telling you that you're damaged, that there's no good left in you, how did you get yourself in that situation? All these words that we know would never be of, of Christ. I want you to think about that for just a minute. I want you to think about where you are and honestly be real about where you are with yourself, just as our incredible guest is being, as she is sharing her heart with you. You know, we do these shows not to, to tell the stories, absolutely, but more importantly, to tell the stories for, for, the re, for a reason. And that reason is found in Genesis fifty twenty. It's when Joseph was standing for his brothers. But he made a statement there that's just as real and true today as it was back in the day of Genesis. And what Joseph did is he looked at the people who had hurt him so intently, and he said to them, he called them out. He was truthful. He was honest. And he said, you intended to harm me. And so this person intended to harm. It was a setup to harm our uh, guest today. But there are people who have hurt you as well as you listen today. But here's the truth. This is what we can come to, and this is what we're going to return to as soon as we take a break. But I want you to think about this this scripture. Someone may have intended to harm you, but God, but God means it for good. Now you think, how could God take something like what has happened to our anonymous guest and turn that for any good at all? Well, we're going to talk about that as soon as we get back from break because this is not the end of our guest uh, story today is not where she is going to reside the rest of her life and neither should you listener if you've been hurt or if you have been um, if someone has has hurt you or intentionally violated you whatever it is there is so much to the story and when we get back we're going to start right here, and we're going to see how what happens when God steps in as the protector of his children. So my anonymous guest, I want to thank you again. And hold on. In 30 seconds, we'll be right back, okay? Be right back. That's great. 30 seconds. Hi, this is Christina Ricci with Rain. Every two minutes, another American is sexually assaulted. If you or someone you know has been sexually assaulted, you are not alone. Help is just a call or click away through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Please call 1-800-656-HOPE, that's H-O-P-E, or visit RAIN.org, that's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Brought to you by RAIN and this station. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to Coffee, Conversations of Friends of Faith to Encourage and Equip. I'm Kim Crable, your host. What a delight it is to have you joining us today. If you would like to know more about what I do, you can go to our website at www.kimcrable.org or our ministry nonprofit name, which is a story based on my mom and my life, which is rosesandrainbows.org. We'd love to have you find out more about us, especially about our tour across America that we're doing. It is Friends of Faith really going back to the foundational meaning of what God means when he says be friends to one another, love one another. Do you know that there's a ministry inside each and every one of us, and it's called friendship? And do you know that today is the day to activate that ministry? Because according to a Harvard study, the number one problem, disease they actually call it, in America is loneliness. We are lonely people. 
and we have the hope of Christ within us. So join us as we travel across the nation with our Friends of Faith Tour. Also, find out all the other things that are going on, my own ongoing study of Burdens to Blessings, finding and living the, the power of your story. So there are lots of things, lots of ways that we would like to uh, be involved with you. As a matter of fact, we'd be better if you join us. So come on and join us, find out about us. Let's partner together as we revive this hope in Christ that we have. All right. Well, enough about that. Let's get back to this incredible and amazing anonymous guest that we have today who is a survivor of the Jeffrey Epstein um, um all the, the the incredible horrible. I don't. I don't even. I had trouble trying to find a word to describe what he did. Yes. I'll just say the. Isn't it just? We'll just say the horrors, the evil, um, yes. of what he did. But isn't it wonderful, friend, that there was something greater in you than anything that he could do? And and that's how I, I want to uh, finish our last uh, twenty minutes on the show. Is that the hurt was great. The grooming, let's talk about some of the ways he groomed you uh, a little bit for those who are listening. I was taking notes as, as you were, were talking and see, um, let, let's go through this together. He he uh, was very interested in you, right? He showed lots of interest. Correct. Very much so. Wanted, he tried uh-huh. to find a weakness in me and you used, he tried to find a weakness in me, um, which was my father um, dealing with his, his passing away. And then he tried to find something that he could give me that possibly needed, but that was not as easy for him because it seemed to be that I was fine. I mean, I, I had, I was living frugally in New York city, but I was getting by, I was making money and I didn't need him, but he tried to figure out a way to get me into his mansion. And and he used people yeah. around you, people trusted. That's another that's yeah. another way they'll try to And then he just wouldn't yeah. say no. I mean so appealing, um, for all the right reasons. So I mean it was a it was a very intentional effort. Um and and that's what these young girls and even moms, you know, just the communication uh, with parents and their younger children. Now, you were older, you're away from home. But just uh, having that communication, what would you say? Let me just ask you this. We can talk about this, but as a as a mom, if you had a teenage daughter, are there any signs that you would immediately say, watch for these as a mom um, to, for today's world? So I am very protective of my family. Um, I probably am a little too protective now because of what had happened to me. Um, but as, mm-hmm. as a mom, I would um, probably make a point to, if, if my daughter was wanting to go to New York to model, um, I would be more active in, in her life. My, my mom wasn't a fantastic mom, but like you mentioned earlier, she was just very trusting. She wasn't super naive, but she just didn't think people would ever this would ever happen to me. But she also knew she raised me to have a very level, I was level-headed. I was, I was a bright, um, still bright. I would consider myself bright. I can say that humbly, um, human being. And so I had my wits about me. So I, I, to give, to give, um, to answer your question, 
I would probably um, be more active in my children's lives and look for signs. So it was my mom who first introduced me to that friend that sent me to to, new, to his um, for the interview, which wasn't an interview. Um, if that makes any sense, she saw her at. We met in another market. We met in Miami, and I met I met this girl in Miami, and my mom had a talk with her, and they got to know each other and stuff like that. And um, it was it was my mom that pushed me to be friends with her. And I probably if if I was if I was in the situation, I would do things quite differently than that. I would tell my daughter or my son to be active in church wherever you are. Find a church group, and um, you know. People need to earn your trust. So, but but again, this person that sent me, I'd known for years, um, and she she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So, it, that's a really hard uh, question to answer, to be honest, because I feel like I well, was just um, I was just put in a really well, bad I- situation. Well, I think you answered it in a great way, and I think you know whether it's a, a a mom of a teenage girl who's who's just starting to date, or especially who's starting a new job, maybe is waitressing or something out there where she's going to be with a lot of people, where a lot of grooming uh, uh, originates uh, for yes. sex trafficking. And is is I think you answered it precisely, uh, which really goes down to one word, relationship. Make sure you're maintaining that relationship with your child and being able to talk with them and hear uh, what they have to say and, and ask them questions. And maybe go online, look at it, look look at situations, look at you know questions to ask. And like you said, be active. Pick up your child. Show up at work every once in a while. Just, you know, have that relationship with them so you can answer the question. All right, um, with only 15 minutes left, let's get into the hopeful side. So you started talking about you, you went through this very dark, of course you did, very dark. Thank goodness you had someone you could call. And then in the depth of, of your darkness, you remembered that the Lord was still on your side. So let's start talking about how you began your spiral upward. We saw the spiral down. And can I just tell you, in the midst of all this, may I just stop and say, I am so sorry that this happened to you. I can hear how smart you are. I feel the courage that you have. I can just see, I see the, um, I see the confidence that, that you have and had. And um, to think that anyone would violate that is so, I am so sorry that you have to tell this story but can I say, I just so thank you for being courageous enough to share your story. Kim, thank you. Your heart is so sincere. This is not easy. Um, I do want to tell my story because it is important, but it it is definitely um, something I never thought I would ever have to go through or, you know, share. But I, it is important for me to share this because I feel like there are so many women and men that have actually, you know, been through similar situations and it's just important to take our power back and the Lord is holding, he's right here. I can feel his presence all over um, this conversation and he's right here with me and I feel like he's smiling and he's really proud because it is, it does take a lot of courage. (laughs) Yes. He's he's right here. 
It does, and that's why I want to acknowledge that this is not easy. It, it Thank you. Easy to not, and so I just want to acknowledge that. And I love what you said because this is this is what this is my heart as a counselor, and this is why I wrote my book, my first book, because it is about taking your power back, taking back what the enemy thinks he's stolen, and restoring yourself to who you are in Christ. And I can tell that's what that's what happened. So tell me, how did the healing begin? Okay, so I was I was I hit pretty much rock bottom for me and um I just kept getting in his word. I I just started diving into the Bible. I got a study Bible and you know, I just started drinking from the book. I started I was hungry. And I wanted to know who I am, who Jesus says I am, not Jeffrey Epstein, not the church, not my friends, not the world, but who does Jesus say I am? Because when you get violated like that, you really start to think, what did I do to to attract this onto me? Who am I? And I needed to find my foundation that, that, thank goodness, my mom and dad put there for me, which was Jesus. And I needed to get back down to my foundation. So that's when I was able to start rebuilding who I am, and um, the healing process started to begin. So in 2019, when I was at a family cookout and he was arrested and it was all over the news, all over, I started to regress back to that little little girl and that the young woman, I should say, that was um, assaulted. And then something just rose up in me, which I know it was the Holy Spirit. And he said, look at him, look at him, look at, go look at him on the TV. And I did. And I saw this man who was no longer scary to me. He looked old and wrinkled and just frail. And I felt just the Holy Spirit boldness. And, and you're not this naive little girl anymore. You're smarter than that. And you know who you are in Jesus. You know who you are in Christ. And I felt, I felt different. And that was when I realized that things had changed for me and I could start really healing. And within a matter of weeks with my husband praying with me, my family praying with me, because the FBI had come out saying, if you are a victim or if you had any connection with this man, you need to call. Well, I ever have um, peace about calling the FBI that just didn't come to me to call them to tell my story. But I knew I needed to tell somebody that was, you know, involved in this case. So the Lord started giving me dreams. I mean, he is amazing. And he just started giving me dream after dream after dream. And I said, okay, Lord, I know you're talking to me. And I know you're talking to me really loudly and I need to be paying attention. So who do you want me to contact? And and then he showed me the man on TV that I needed to contact. So it, it, he's the man I contacted is an amazing man. He's a lawyer. He represents a lot of the women that were assaulted as well. And I contacted him. I was patched in immediately, spoke with my now legal team. They are incredible. They're not lawyers. They really, truly care about the victims. Um, they're not the typical lawyer, I should say. But um, anyway, it was the Lord who led them to me, and that's when they told me, you need to be back in counseling. And so I didn't want to just go down to any old counselor. I knew I needed to find somebody that knew the word 
and that could feed me the word and tell me again who I am and reaffirm, reaffirm me and help me. And I found this wonderful woman who is, I just love her. She knows the word of God. She held my hand. She didn't judge me. She, you know, was right there with me, offered to go to court with me, you know, did whatever she, she offered. She was just my friend, but my counselor. And it was through a series of events that we did um, treatment for post-traumatic. That really, 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 really helped me um, with scripture um, and prayer, helped me to, to start to, to grow and, and blossom again. So I like to say that I'm not just a survivor. I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He has pulled me out of the depths and placed me back on solid ground. And I'm getting emotional because it has been such a journey. It has been such a journey, Kim. And um, I believe our words are so powerful. And so I like to say I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He is the only reason why I'm here right now. He is the only reason. Just He's so beautiful. Oh, I, I yeah. I wish I, I wish you were here. I could just give you a big hug. I hope you, I hope you feel I hope you feel my hug. Yes, <laughs> oh. I do. I do. <laughs> Thank you. He's so good. He is. Yeah, and not only that, but through this whole process, um, I have met some amazing uh, uh, survivors. We call ourselves the Survivor Sisters, but I'm more than a Conqueror Sister. (laughs) Um, I always tell them that. And um, I didn't just survive. I'm ready to thrive. I'm ready to let the Lord um, move through move through me and move through, you know, the situation. I really know that he is not a liar. Jesus only tells the truth and he will be glorified. He turns, you know, ashes into flowers. He, he, he does, he's going to, he's going to turn this whole situation to glorify him. And that's really my heart. And um, I just love him. He's so good. And I've, I've, I've gotten to meet some amazing women through this whole thing. We're connected through Jeffrey Epstein, it's the strangest thing, but we we're there for each other, and that's such a beautiful thing to have um, met some amazing women that I can we can talk to and share stories with and laugh and hug each other and and um, yeah, it's just it's, it's just the beginning. Yeah. It, that's it. It's it's just the beginning, and I turned here uh, in my Bible. And uh, for those who are listening, it's Romans, Romans, the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verse 37. No, and all these things. And they're talking about all the things, the troubles, the hardships, the persecutions, the famine, the nakedness, the, the danger. You know, what is it that can keep us from God? And it says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Amen. We are more than conquerors. And sometimes when I think about that more than, I think that God gave us enough to conquer, and I think he, he gave us enough to help others to conquer. I think our stories are, you know, are what help others to conquer. And, you know, I just love that so much. And, you know, I want to go back and finish because you did it so beautifully. Um, and you, you gave us a picture of the finishing uh, of of Genesis fifty twenty, there's three parts of that verse, and I know you're very well aware of this, but I hope that the listeners are. 
you know, why do we tell our stories? Why is it so important for us to tell our stories? Well, you know, there are things that are going to happen to us that were meant for harm. Sadly, it's it's hard to have to say that, but there are people out there who mean harm. That that's just the way they they're made. They are serving the enemy, and that's that's just who they are. And you don't have to be an adult. We see bullies in school. We see it. We see it all around us. And in our world, we're seeing it emerge more and more. So in our situations, there are people who are going to intend things for harm. But God says that He intended it for good. And so. Here's the thing, it goes on to say, though, to accomplish what is now being done, which is the saving of many. So friends out there, one of the reasons, one of the great reasons that I wanted this beautiful guest to come on this morning and share her story is, yes, to show that the deep hurt that she went through. I can't even imagine the deep hurt, the devastation of a friend who led her into a place of violation but then a God who was able to reestablish her and begin this healing and healing her, making her more than a conqueror. But the third step in that is that she is courageous enough and bold enough and loving of you enough to want to tell her story so that you can see that you can be saved from some of this. That's what the scripture says, that as we tell our stories, that it means that we, we are caring enough about those around us to put out the warning signs to give you the indicators of what to look out for, for the saving of many, and most profoundly in leading you to Jesus, the one who does protect and guide. Right, listener? It's to take them. No matter what has happened to you, Jesus is standing there. He says, come to me, ye who are weary and broken, and I will give you rest. So he stands there for everyone else, just like he did for you. Right, my friend? That's right. And, and you know, I wanted to I wanted to say this. I know that we're wrapping up, but I wanted to say this that this was this was perhaps the biggest thing that the Lord helped me heal. I had to forgive the man who took so much from me. I had to forgive Jeffrey Epstein for stealing Seventeen Magazine, stealing my career for me, assaulting me. Um, I had to forgive him because I'm a sinner, and I knew. I knew the Lord um, was working in this. And I thought to myself, how could I forgive this person? And um, I just wanted to say that the healing that really was, the, it was like the nail on the devil's head, you know. I, it was me saying, stepping out in faith and telling the Lord that I, I forgive the man who took all of this um, from me. And, and I felt like the, the clouds had parted when that happened and, the sun came out and the Lord was so proud of me. And that was, that was probably the hardest thing to do, to be honest, was to forgive him. But um, that also gave me the most um, healing. And if the listeners out there, you know, if someone has done something like something similar or worse, you know, to you, ask the Lord to step him to help you forgive the person that harms you because that is where true healing will really, really, really just go overboard. It will be amazing. And you will feel so much weight lifted off of your chest. That's so beautiful. Now I was going to ask you for, for a closing word and boy, that, that would be it. 
Is there anything is there anything that we left out? We have a couple minutes. Is there anything that we left out, or is there a final word? Um, I, the forgiveness is probably it, but is there anything else that you'd like to say to our listeners that someone who maybe is listening and they have tears rolling down their face right now and they're wondering if they could ever get to where you are, what would be your word to them? Well, I, you I can. Just, <laughs> well, I just want to uh-huh. encourage you, you know, don't give up. You are, you are important. You are loved, and Jesus is with you. You are not alone, and you can get through this. You know, just keep praying, keep pressing into the word. You're obviously here, you're listening, and you know that you can be more than a conqueror through Christ too. And I'm going to claim that over you. You are more than a conqueror through Christ, and he's going to give you strength to get through it. And one one thing I have for sure learned from my experience was when I pray now, Christians, and you can be put in situations that are not so pleasant. So one prayer I pray over myself and my family and my friends is, Lord, put me or put us in the right place at the right time and put the right words in our mouth always. And so I find myself now feeling that the Lord's actually strategically placing me in the right places. So I don't find myself in those um you know, in the evil places anymore. I try to let the Lord lead me now, lead my family, because I don't want anyone to ever be put in a house of horror like I was placed in. Um, so, so yes, don't don't give up and be encouraged. The Lord is with you, and He hears everything. All of your prayers, all your tears are important to Him. He loves you. And no matter what has happened, it hasn't changed His love for you one bit, right, friend? That's right. Not at all. That is right. That is right. Amen. Well, I I thank you so much for being so brave and taking your power back and loving Jesus <laughs> the way you do and loving others enough to be to to have the courage to fight through fear, trepidation, to get the word out there because you are throwing out warning signs to those who are about to walk into something but you're throwing out hope to those who have. And I just, I honor you. I love you. I thank you. And, I, girl, you know what, what, what the enemy meant for evil? You have allowed God to turn for his good. And I just thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us today. You have just made my day. Anytime we defeat the enemy and rise up to be more than conquerors, it's a good day, right? <laughs> oh, you're so awesome, Kim. I love you too. And I'm so, seriously, I'm so honored for this opportunity and all glory to God. It's all him. He's right here. He's been holding my hand and I just feel so blessed for this opportunity and you're just a lovely, you're so lovely, and I'm just grateful for you. Thank you. Absolutely, friend, and thank you so much. And to our listeners, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and I want you to know that this hope, this hope is yours, and this hope, he has a name, and his name is Jesus. And, you know, his, he has a supernatural strength to comfort you, to love you. You know, his grace is greater than anything any trauma, any hurt, anything that's happened in your life, and he is the one who says, come to me. I want you to see him today with those outreach arms. He is saying, come to me with your weariness, your brokenness, your hurt, because he can 
do something about it. He has done something about it, and he wants you to know that, yes, you too, you too can be more than a conqueror in him. Thank you, listeners, so much for joining us. Thank you to my anonymous guest, and we will see you next time right here on Coffee for what I hope is always a conversation to encourage and equip. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. To learn more about Kim's books, teaching materials, or to invite Kim to speak at your event, please visit kimcrables.org. Thank you for joining us today. And remember, to learn more, please visit kimcrables.org.